You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. All right. So last episode, we were looking at the big party, the sleepover and the almost kiss. It was a big moment for the, for the couple. And in this episode, I'm going to spoil it terribly and tell you they get their first kiss. And I can see Monica is really just anticipating that pool scene. Yeah. I mean, th- this episode and last episode in terms of what the characters go through, it just kind of feels like everything shoots off like a rocket. And I mentioned this before, but that's really when the fandom goes crazy because they finally get confirmation that this is a, is a thing. So these episodes are extremely pivotal and we're watching them in a, in a different way, but they take less than a week of airing like to get to all of this with the characters when they aired in real time. So they're back in the park, which is a quintessential place for their relationship. I assume it's the same park since she was selling lottery tickets. Yeah, I believe so. Different part of the park. Seems like a big park. And it's only been a few hours since they saw each other. Yep. And it's really sweet. You know, they come together. And even with both of them having these moments, the flashbacks in the morning where they were thinking about what happened, they immediately embrace one another and they actually hold hands kind of casually. It's it's a friendship thing, but there's, you know, it's definitely there and it's in the the foreground of the shot. Um, And they walk down the street a little bit and they're just talking about nonsensical friendship things. Uh, But Valentina is coming here uh, just having had the conversation with her brother about knowing somebody in the fashion world. Uh, So that is what she is expressing to Juliana. She says, I know this person. I want you to talk to her. Uh, And the most surprising thing is that Juliana agrees. Well, Val's very sweet about it and says, you know, like, don't be angry with me. And I want you to to meet this woman, but if you get a scholarship, it'll be entirely you and not my doing. So Jules agrees. Right. I think she sees that, okay, there is an opportunity here for her that isn't just handed to her on a silver plate, although it's a very thin, veiled space there. It's an in that most people wouldn't have. You know, I think that Jules obviously realizes that this door would not be open to her otherwise. But she also, I think, at a certain point realizes that she shouldn't let her stubbornness uh, get in the way of her walking through it. There's a a nice shot as well as they're walking, as uh, they agree, they turn around to walk back to Val's car. I think they're about to drive off to the, the fashion school. And there's a shot of them holding hands, which is very cute. And not just they're holding hands in the shot, it's a shot of them holding hands. The camera pans in between them uh, to the fact that they're holding hands and walking away together. Yeah, and they actually hold that shot for quite a while as they're walking away. Like, this is important. Yeah, and so they go to, they immediately, they're getting stuff done today, even though I'm always like, Valentina, how are you up and doing so much? when you were so hungover, Um, but they are just running around town together. So they go and see this woman. And as always, Val is so complimentary and just saying the nicest things um, about Juliana and kind of hyping her to this woman. Also, can I just say she looks gorgeous today? Who? They all look gorgeous. Everybody in the scene. So much so that I don't even know who you're talking about right now. Val, it's always Val. It's just, it's always Val. Yeah, she definitely has some moments. We've talked about this. I'm not going to play favorites. I love them both, but... Anyway. (laughs) She's saying that, you know, I think they already started their semester, but potentially 
next semester and they can talk about it and, you know, she needs to see her work and all of that good stuff, but that there could potentially be a scholarship available for her. Right. And she says she'll work really hard and she'll get it. Then they hug and it's also very cute and Val looks terribly proud of her. Oh, yeah. This show knows how to do the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Because right then she gets the phone call. Right. And she, Juliana, walks toward the camera, Val's in the background, you know, kind of blurred out. And you just see Juliana, her face immediately grows concerned. And then in the next scene, she's crying. She sits down on a chair. Valentina is immediately trying to comfort her, trying to understand what what happened, what's going on. And, you know, Jules, to her credit, doesn't lie about it. She says my mom was kidnapped and that she needs to go. But she's having a full-blown, like, freak out and meltdown. But Val is insistent that she go with her and be there for her. Now we go to the restaurant where Lupe works and Panchito's there and Lupe's boss is there and they're telling Val and Jules, like, what happened. Yeah, and this is all... Oh, and... Panchito's wife comes and gives him an earful. Yeah, the the average Julian Tina stand doesn't really get like the context of this, but when Panchito meets Lupe, he's married and has a bunch of kids and just kind of nopes out of that to be with Lupe. And I think everything that happens like down the line and certain ways Lupe reacts, I was especially upset about it because it was kind of hypocritical, I felt. So, yeah, Panchito is there, and he's a very loyal man to Lupe, I guess is the way to describe that. I think they they knew one another long ago, so it's kind of like a, a second chances story for them. But they, yeah, the, the wife is there for a minute. She leaves. Val and Hools are talking to the owner of the cafe, just trying to understand what happens. Uh, and then we pan to this shot of the kidnapper. Right, so he's phoning Jules and he's saying to her, I want, uh, this is who I am, I've got your mother. And then there's sort of a flashback of her meeting him and the unpleasantness of it. I think he sticks a gun, yeah, he sticks a gun in her back. Yeah, and it's very, you know, very traumatizing for her and really starts this. It's. I think these scenes are really helpful for viewers that haven't watched the scenes of Valentina and Juliana before they meet one another because it really gives context for what a bad place Juliana is coming from and all the just absolute trauma that she was going through on a daily basis. And she's talking on the phone to this kidnapper. She's looking completely distraught and in the background you see Val standing there watching her looking concerned but very purposefully in the shot. Okay, so the kidnapper has just revealed that what he wants is he wants her to publicize in the newspapers that her mother's been kidnapped and that her father needs to come forward or else her mother's going to be killed because they're looking for her father. Her father, who we haven't even seen yet on our screen, he's running around and he's a main character in the show, but he has not crossed paths with either Val or who's yet. Uh, so we are only seeing uh, Val's father in the body of who's father, uh, who would be what everybody externally would think is the person they're looking for if, you know, if he was spotted. But Jules doesn't know yet that he's working for Valentina or his body is working for Valentina. Right. Very Shakespearean, very. very tangled web, lots of moving parts. But yeah, and also, you know, who doesn't know where her dad is? It's not like they've been either of them. She doesn't know where her dad's body is or her dad's soul. And she also doesn't even really want to believe that he didn't die. Like she saw him die and then she saw him come back to life and she's been kind of compartmentalizing that. So this is a very important conversation that they're having at the cafe Val and Hools because it's going to come out that Hools told a lie because Hools said that her dad was an electrician and that he died so watching Val's reaction to this is a masterpiece because there's a lot going on there she's like struggling with the sort of I feel angry that you lied to me I feel confused about the story but I'm also trying to be sympathetic to the fact that your mother's been kidnapped 
Right. So she's repeating the list of things Juliana said back to her very matter-of-factly. So he's a hitman and he resurrected. And yeah, her her microfacial expressions, uh, Valentina's, are just absolutely perfect because she's trying to just repeat the facts as she is understanding them. And neither of them are really understanding them. And in the scene, it's actually the, the eye contact is actually quite beautiful because neither of them are kind of looking at each other for any length of time until Jules is, has gotten it all out of his system. And you can see Val sort of come to the resolution that she's going to work through this. And then they start looking at each other. And it's actually very sweet. Like, it's really well done. And I think, you know, they it makes sense. Juliana refused to look at her because she was afraid of being rejected. She told a lie. She knew she did something wrong. She knows that she's telling Valentina this crazy story, but I really appreciate the fact that she is honest with her and tells her, you know, what actually happened in the situation. And again, a la soulmates, Valentina, you know, works to understand it and is immediately, to your point, like, we're going to do this together. I'm going to help you. Let's figure this out. Which leads very quickly to the next scene where they are not together, but Valentina has gone to the home of her brother-in-law, who's a great guy. One of the few guys that stays, like, really awesome throughout the totality of the show uh, to try and solicit his help because part of what the Carvajal Media Empire does is has newspapers, obviously. So they're about the only people who you can get headline news of the kidnapping this quickly. And so she's gone to seek his help. Once again, though, when Val and Jules were together having that intimate discussion, it was a very close-up shot. And then all the other shots of them with other people are sort of mid-shots, much longer, not as intimate. Right. And this scene, uh, so Valentina has gone to talk to Mateo about getting the information printed. And then Juliana is back in the home that she is staying in with the woman who's kind of the landlady, as well as Panchito. And yeah, it's a tense, Juliana just kind of yells at them and walks away. But It's really scary. You know, her mother is the only person she has really had in this world throughout her life. Her mother's gone. She's currently with these people who she's known for a week or two at this point, expected to shepherd her through this experience. And she's just very lost and confused and upset, which I think makes complete sense given the situation. She's also watched her father die and come back to life and she's had to fight for everything and now she's completely alone yeah and she's of course super worried about her mom these kidnappers have her mother and she's doesn't because of who her father is she doesn't believe he will come through even if the newspapers splash the headlines everywhere right and i think we've talked about this in prior episodes but she does not like her father. She doesn't call him dad. She calls him El Chino. Like they do not have a good relationship. He was an abusive drunk the totality of her life. There is no love loss between the two of them. So yeah, she's, I think she's spiraling even more because while Val is doing this to help her, she just doesn't think it's going to work. And and she is not in the habit of letting herself get her hopes up because things tend to not work out. And this is another very good example of that playing out. She cannot get her hopes up because this person, her father, not Val, has never come through before for her. Or even Val being able to get it done. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So so yes, that would explain why she's now phoning the kidnappers back to try and beg them to let her mother go and to try and explain to them that her father's actually not likely to actually do anything about this. Right. And she's not giving up. She just can't rely on the the people in her life. And for Valentina, I think she thinks the ask is too big and Val might not be able to pull it off because of that. But yeah, she has she has no confidence that her father is going to come through for her. She doesn't even know where he is. She's scrappy though, so she insists she insists on talking to her mother on the phone. It's just to hear she's alive and then she the kidnappers sort of puts mom on but gives her a countdown. Next we see Val's phoning Jules to let her know, okay, it's done. 
the newspaper headlines are going to run tomorrow morning. You have nothing to worry about. And they're having this very sweet conversation, you know, who's is just thanking her for doing this for her. And obviously, you know, Valentina's like, it's not a big deal when it kind of is a big deal. Um, but she's just, again, trying to comfort who's in the moment and make sure that she feels okay. They also have this very cute little theme song that plays whenever they're together or during the little couple moments. Yes. Which is very sweet little guitar thing. Yes, in the score of Amara Muerte, that's their theme. So it cues the viewer in to when there's there's going to be like a, a usually positive uh, situation between them, but certainly a romantic or emotionally tethered one. Definitely. Okay, so now brother-in-law dude, what's his name? Mateo. I actually have a... A cheat sheet? You need it. I should have one. I do need it. I have like no brain for names. Okay. So Mateo is now coming in and he's worried. Val's made this friend. There's something about kidnappings. Is she safe? Right. He's got questions. He did the thing, but, you know, he has to ask what's going on. And Val's kind of confiding in him saying she's curious about the whole thing too and she also has questions but they're they're very sweet and he is a nice dude and he comes through he does it for her so it's the next day now he just looks so smarmy they do a really good job of just making him look like a total d-bag yes but he's he's quite a pretty d-bag as far as d-bags go yeah, but he looks so smarmy. It ruins any hint of, like, attractiveness for me. Completely. Maybe it's, like, the weird, the little, like, soul patch. Not into that. So <laughs> that that could be it. Like, you lose too many points for it to be salvaged. But we're not here to talk about the men on this show. We He does have a nice quaff, though, on his hair. That's the last thing I'll say. Um, but, you know, they're having this conversation and, you know, the paper came out, it happened, so who's immediately calls him and is like, hey, you know, where are things at? I did what you asked. And he's quite impressed that she actually managed to do it at all. And then she phones him, but he says, but, you know, I'm not going to do anything until Al Chino pops out of the woodwork. And so your mother's staying here. And so she phones back again and again, because that wasn't the deal. So eventually he gives his phone to one of his, like, sidekicks and says take this away I actually don't want to deal with the school right and they also have this uh kind of scary conversation where it's suggested that they should just kidnap Juliana and kill her in front of the mother to continue pushing things forward but the the main big baddie Alacran I think his name is he's like no we need to be more patient than that so it seems to be off the table for now but it is certainly foreshadowing that everybody is on the table for possible kidnappings. Well, that's true. And we've already, I mean, Lucia has already been kidnapped and returned. That was at the start of Val and Hul's meeting one another. And now Hul's mom is currently kidnapped. So just important to to know that this is a very, like, kidnap-friendly show. <laughs> That's the way a lot of plots are pushed forward. It's true. As you will continue to see with even our main characters. So now it's a few minutes, I'm guessing, after that phone call. Val's arrived at Jules's place with breakfast, coffee and, like, pastries or something. She's feeding again. <laughs> let's, let's feed everyone. <laughs> She just wants to take care of her. That's all she wants to do. Like her first, the only thing that I was surprised about in the the first watch of this is that the night prior that Val let Hulls be alone. Yes, I was surprised about that too. And it's fine because it, you know, it brings us to this morning scene and they're together now. But yeah, I just think given how emotionally responsive Val was at wanting to solve this problem for her she would have been like no you're not staying alone tonight like I'm going to send somebody to come get you you're gonna stay at the house with me except if you think about it right a lot had just been dropped in her lap her friend who she thought was being completely honest who they'd bonded over dead fathers wasn't entirely honest with her 
and there is a lot more sort of sinister stuff going on in Jules' background than Val thought initially. So maybe she just needed a timeout. Yeah. Maybe she just needed to process. So the next morning she comes, she's feeding, well, she's trying to feed Jules. Jules does not do well with food when she's upset. We will discover this as the show goes on. She just doesn't eat when she's upset. She's like my wife that way. And there's a very touching moment when Val comes and sort of touches Jules's face in a very caring way. You know, I'm here if you need me. But a little more than that too. And while they're having this conversation, this this landlady chick is spying on them. She's such a charmer. Yeah. And I don't know if she ultimately ends up doing anything with that information, like what her kind of role is to push the plot forward. I assume at some point she gives information to somebody that she shouldn't. Uh, and we just like don't see that scene. But the important thing is that Hulz and Val are together. And yes, she's brought breakfast. Uh, and she's comforting her. She's, you know, touching her face and wiping the tears off. And she's just being so supportive and, you know, willing to have this strange conversation with her, I think is the best way to say it. Right. So she brings up the subject now of, uh, the big fat lie and how, uh, Jules's dad actually died. And, Jules is giving her this very weary look and she sighs and you can see this is not a subject she wants to talk about. She does not like talking about stuff that makes her feel uncomfortable. She does not like talking about emotional stuff. She's She wants to not deal with any of this and Val is pushing just a little bit. And yeah, to Val's credit, you know, she's forthright. She's communicative and that's what it is. But if you don't like to have any conversation, everything kind of feels like gearing up for a battle. And I think with anybody else, Hools would have just shut it down and walked away. But this is so telling to the bond that they have, even such after such a short period of time, that she's willing to have this conversation with her and that she doesn't walk away. And there's a number of times in the show where... Val broaches subjects that Jules doesn't want to talk about because Jules doesn't have the capability to talk about it. And Val just quietly pushes and pushes and pushes until they have that conversation. Yeah. So now Val's going to introduce the idea that maybe this body transfer thing, I forget what they call it. Transmigration. Okay. This transmigration thing may have happened or at least something funny went on and it's interesting for me that she's the one that for lack of a better word always brings up the hoo-ha stuff yeah and she doesn't know that it's happened to somebody in her family yet camillo is a professor and an author and he wrote the book so she's already been exposed to this idea so they're kind of like pieces of a puzzle in that respect Hools has seen this happen in real life. She has seen somebody that she knows who is completely different telling her they are someone else. And Valentina has read in a book that this can possibly happen. So just another reason why them being together is fate because they're kind of solving this puzzle. Huh, I've never seen it that way. That's kind of cool. High five. Thank you. <laughs> I've watched this a lot. <laughs> so now... Because of this gentle pushing and, and oh, and Jules' t-shirt here should be yeah. mentioned, but because of this gentle pushing, she's actually opening up to Val and she's really talking about like her feelings. And I think, I don't even think she's spoken to her mother about this sort of stuff. No. And I think, you know, in this situation, if you have complicated family dynamics, you know, this is, this is the whole reason why people get therapists. Because they're objective third-party observers on the situation. Her mom is really the only person she's had up until this point to talk to. And her mom is too close to the situation. Her mom cannot give her feedback on what is best for Juliana. Um, because they are this, you know, strange little triangle of dysfunction. And have been for a very long time. So Val now presents this net of safety where she understands all the key players involved um, but she doesn't know them so she can give who's the best advice for her absolutely and so while they're having this conversation they get interrupted 
and it's a police officer here to speak to Juliana. He has read the newspapers and seen that her mother's been kidnapped. I do not like this man. I don't either. I mean, and I'm never, I'm not ever really sure about how I'm supposed to feel about him. But the important thing in this scene is he is not expecting to see Valentina Carvajal in this home when he arrives. You know, he thinks he's going to come and do his kind of detective thing and, you know, push them around a little bit, find out what's going on. Um, And that is not what's happening because Valentina is, one, the daughter of one of the richest people in the entire country. And I think that, you know, they already know one another because there have been other run-ins up to this point. And Val's like a little lioness in this scene. She just will not let this police officer push Jules around because he's he probes and he asks some really unpleasant questions. Yeah. And just sidebar, this is one of my Val looks amazing scenes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe at the end, we'll each like rate our top five. And it's so unfair how good both of them look rocking the middle part. Both of them. So just do with that what you will. But that's also something I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> okay, so one other thing before we get back into the plot of the show. It's very important. So... This show, everything is so nuanced and intentional and they start people slowly with rooting for this friendship between the two girls and then they get a little bit more overt with, you know, not only the almost kiss but them thinking about one another in the flashback so you understand it's romantic. And then there was the scene where Valentina is wearing that more than friends t-shirt. So now in this scene, we have Hools wearing you know, like a low pony and a t-shirt with a rainbow and a jean jacket vest. So it's very, it's less than like, less explicit than the more than friends. But if you are like a queer person watching, uh, it's a very obvious nod to this. And this day goes on for a long time and they're together. So she's in this outfit for what feels like forever. And it's very, just very obvious. Oh yes. And this outfit got the queer community twittering a lot about this so now the cop so jules has left the room to go i don't know ponder life and the cop is (laughs) baby. (laughs) she's gonna go look at herself in the mirror because she just looks fab so the cop is saying to val listen you shouldn't be hanging around with this this girl she's bad news this is yet another one of these circumstances where somebody's trying to like pry them apart stop being friends she's not good for you and Val's just like you know what you don't know anything and you're not my father and I can take care of myself lioness always stands up for herself and for Juliana Uh, Val uh, is the sole reason that these two ever get together yeah but sometimes that's what's needed (laughs) if it was left up to anybody else Jules would run a mile away Right, but I think Val was a little too carefree and Hools was a little too cautious. And then they have this scene where, sorry, it just came on the screen, so I got very (laughs) excited. If you notice my inflection change, Valentina gets really close and leans in and says, nobody is going to keep me away from you. They literally zoom in. She grabs, okay, so Val grabs Jules' arm, pulls her towards her. It's, It's a super close scene and it's like literally zooms in. They look deeply into each other's eyes. Yes, this is, we are starting to get to the point of like deep eye contact. That's the prelude to the kiss, these very intense moments. And there's this very sweet car scene where they're driving together and Val wants them to stay together because it's the safest thing to do. And Hools is like, no, you have to go to school. I'll be fine, blah, 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 just kind of fighting it. And then Val says, Juliana, just let yourself be loved. And again, it's just these like big ideas that seem so obvious to Valentina, but that like 
shatter the foundations of everything that Juliana thinks is real in this world. Like I can just let myself be loved. And you know, it's just, it's something that Val would say. She would say it to anyone. She thinks everyone is deserving of love, which they are, but that is something that Juliana has never heard. Also, it's her first declaration of love. Of many. And it's in the middle of like an argument. And then they both sort of stop. And then there's kind of like, oh, shoot. I shouldn't have said it like that. Then they both apologize to each other. And it's all very cute. But even when the two of them are fighting, it's not the same as when Val's fighting with Lucio. Right. And then they hold hands all sweetly. For so many important handholds. They really, the show really gave the gays everything they ever wanted. It's, I can't believe it. Yeah, they hold hands and then Hul's leans her head on Valentina's shoulder and they just kind of sit there like that and she allows herself to be comforted. And it's all very cute. Your favorite person has just arrived. Not only arrived, he walks into the scene and walks in between Valentina and Juliana and pushes Hul's off to the side with his body. And then just turns and starts talking to Valentina and they immediately start fighting. So Lucia has arrived in case our listeners are like, which one? Because it's all the boys. (laughs) So So, I don't know. They had a fight about something. It's about Juliana. The fight is about Juliana. He's like, you're hanging out with her too much. Why is she here? She doesn't even go to this school. You know, I think up until this point, school was the one place where he could monopolize Valentina's attention because Juliana wouldn't be there. So that's why he goes from like zero to 100 and immediately just lays into her about it and literally says, I don't like her. And that's why who starts walking away. He makes it very clear that she is not welcome there. And yeah, that's why she, again, she goes into that flight mode and she wants to extricate herself from this situation as quickly as she absolutely can. And, you know, to Lucho's credit, he does not know what is going on with her mother right now. Um, But this is a great plug to be kind to people. You never know what they're going through. Obviously, there's a reason that she's there. She wouldn't just go to school with Val on a normal day. But it's, yeah, overall, it's just really sad the way she gets treated in the midst of already feeling so poorly and going through so much. And she didn't want to come in the first place. So this is like reinforcing her not wanting to come when Val was like, just let yourself be loved. So then Val extricates herself from the fight with Lucia and goes after Juliana and stops and then apologizes for Lucio's behavior, which is... Ah, it drives me crazy. Why are women always apologizing for the idiot men in their lives? Right. And I think, I think it's a bigger conversation. So I think she takes the path of least resistance to make sure Juliana knows that Val is sorry about what happened and that it was a mistake to bring her here. But, you know, it's not like the conversation right now can be, I'm going to break up with Lucho. I'm going to do that right now. She should have. So she just won. Oh, obviously. Yeah, that's not that's not the conversation you and I are having. We know that. But in the context of the show, you know, it's really just continued to be hammered home that Valentina's main prerogative is making sure that Juliana is okay. There's another moment here where Jules turns and she's like, look, I'm just going to go. And Val grabs her and pulls her back and says, let's not distance ourselves from one another, please. She keeps reiterating, don't run away from this. Even if that's your instinct, don't run away from this. It's so sweet. Right. There's very much this push and pull right now of all Juliana wanting to do is go curl up in a corner alone and cry. And all Valentina wants to do is keep her with her and protect her as much as she possibly can. So thankfully for all of us, Valentina gets her way. And they leave school and go back to Valentina's compound. And Val's dad in the body of Hul's dad, who is pretending to be the chauffeur, just kind of reorient everybody to that because he's going to become a more central character. He goes by Hakabal. He's there and he starts listening to them in their security room. God, Valentina's so sweet. She's like 
playing with Jules' ponytail and just being so comforting, telling her that they're going to take care of her and, you know, Chibis is going to cook her something. Just go, yeah, like... She's feeding again. Protective, but also, yeah. Friendship, but also obviously more. So this ponytail grabbing thing is... uh is interesting to me. I don't know if I've ever done that with anybody's ponytail in my entire life. And a lot of people do it in the show. I mean, yeah, I never thought about it. I've definitely touched people's ponytails. I guess... That feels weird to say like that. (laughs) But yeah, for sure. I talk a lot about ponytails on Twitter too. Like, I'm always rocking a ponytail or a bun. So I think about them probably more than the average person. Why is that? What is the fascination? It's just fun. Okay. Yeah, it's just something to play with. It's a, you know, like, like you have a cat and <laughs> cats like to play with stuff. Like, it's exactly that way for humans, too. There's this thing you can just play with. So I have a question for you. Do you think Val has ever not gotten her way? I think Val has always gotten her way uh, in the things that she thinks she wanted. So very superficially, yes, if Val wants something... She gets it, but I think that the bigger conversation is that Val has only really pushed herself to the bounds of what other people think is allowed for her. So in that sense, you know, she hasn't gotten everything she wanted because she hasn't even tried. Like, yes, she's had the the most attractive, most popular boyfriend, which is what an attractive, popular girl should want. But she's never had a fulfilling emotional relationship where she loves the person that she's with. So I think she's gotten what she thinks she wanted. It's interesting. That would explain, though, also, because if she's not demanding and she's not asking for the important stuff and she's not pushing for the important stuff in her life, that why people are starting to react to her the way they are. Because people seem a little taken aback with her relationship with Jules. And so they're trying to sort of know, but this is not what's good for you not being with her is better for you. Yeah, she's never gone against the grain. She's always rebelled in ways that people understand. You know, they understand her drinking too much and they understand her wanting to party. But yeah, this this relationship with Hools and standing up for her and really, you know, finding her own voice amidst all of this, that's something that she's never done. And that's really a catalyst for a lot of the interactions with her family in the second half of the season, where yes, they continue to want to tell her what is best for her. And she has now decided that that is just no longer the case. But Part of it, you know, I get why they're confused because it was one way for so long and now it's a completely different way and they're having trouble acknowledging that. So Jules is feeling really down. She's worried about her mother. And while her and Val are having this conversation about it, Driver, who's actually Val's father, is listening to them on the sort of security system. He does that a lot. It's kind of weird and creepy. But, you know, I think it's because he cares about his daughter. Right. And it's never, he's never creepy. That's the nice thing. What he's doing is creepy. um, But there's a lot going on on the show to like, like or dislike. So that's barely a blip on my radar. I'm like, nah. But so they go into the, we have been calling it the pool room. I don't know if any if any of our viewers who actually have a heated indoor pool in their compound have a better word for this. We would love for you to comment on it so we know the preferred term. Um, but they are hanging out in the pool room and Val brings over some alcohol. And I think that this was a, a weirdly interesting thing to happen because Val kind of knows that Hools doesn't drink at this point, but she still brings it anyway because I think she's kind of grasping at straws a little bit and it's what she always turns to in these moments of difficulty. So it's, you know, it's not this perfect alignment of giving one another what they both need. Like Val is still stumbling a little bit to navigate how intensely Juliana is taking this and you know, and not fall back into old patterns because it's stressful for Val too. It's been a lot for her to absorb. Her own feelings, 
uh, developing feelings for this girl that you've just met and now having to sort of be the provider and protector. Yeah, but she decides that they should go swimming, that that's the best thing to do in this situation. I mean, I feel that way for obvious reasons. But, you know, she just wants to take her mind off of it. She wants her to do something that they can just enjoy it and have a swimming lesson because if you guys don't remember, Juliana doesn't know how to swim, so Valentina is teaching her how to swim. So it's a nice, like, activity-based thing for them to do together. And there's flowers in the pool, and it's all very cute. So sweet. Apparently the pool was ice cold during the scene. And, oh my god, I've never seen somebody look so sad in such an expensive pool. <laughs> Jules is just, she's so sad, and Val, you know, puts her, their foreheads kind of together, like her forehead against Juliana's temple, and then dips her back into the water, and she's just holding her there while she's floating. And it's this very nice, sweet moment. She's just trying to be so supportive of her right now. And she tries to pull her hand away and and Jules is like, no, 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 don't. And so she's clutching on their sort of holding hands again. And the whole time Val's very encouraging. You can do this. You've got to just concentrate. And I think it's nice for both of them because all they've talked about for the last 24 hours is her mom's kidnapping. You know, no other conversations have really come up except conversations that are even harder to have so this is the first time they've really had a moment of of peace and tranquility and it's all framed very nicely in this shot to give the viewer that experience as well of just floating there's also kind of an innocence about the whole thing a very sweet there's like a moment where val moves off away from jules is like uh peripheral vision and Jules is like where are you going and Val's like no I'm gonna float next to you and and it's all just so sweet right and we're gonna float together right and then they laugh and they both stand up they're all excited because they were floating <laughs> and they're unnecessarily touching each other so much and this I mean I don't think they could have you can talk about that I don't think they could have played this scene any better Mm-mm. like truly it's I- just it's so sweet and so real in terms of kind of the wanting and then the awareness. And it's very much for being one continuous scene, it goes through a lot of parts. It does. And what's interesting for me is if you rewind, not that I've done this a lot. Yeah, we can rewatch okay. this as many times as we need to get this right. <laughs> watch, watch Val's arms. Okay, so I know it's weird, but watch Val's arms. She actually pulls Jules towards her. Yeah. There's an intention. There is an obvious intention. I don't think Valentina knows exactly where it's going to go. But one, she's had a couple shots of tequila. And she, I think, has realized running around with Juliana for the last day that she wants to be there and love her and support her. You know, I think that that has strengthened the feelings. And now they're having this moment where there is this opportunity for the first time to be physically close organically. So she really leans in to that chance. But yeah, she's, Literally. you know, yeah, they're, they're both grabbing onto each other and they both do it. You know, Hules has her hand on Val's shoulders and, but yeah, then Val wraps Hules' arms kind of around her waist so that they can be as close as possible. And then they touch foreheads because this isn't a show about lesbians unless they touch foreheads. We already had the pinky, we've already had the pinky swear, and now we have the touching of the foreheads. So if you have your bingo card, make sure you stamp that. And then they pause for a moment just before they kiss. And it's so sweet. It's just, ah, oh, they do it in like slow motion. Yeah. The, but see the, see the arms there? Yeah. Valentina is pulling Jules towards it, and she does this later again. She's closing the gap. Yes. And this, so the feedback as, you know, being in the fandom at the time this was happening, everybody obviously lost their minds about this. And then, you know, the critical analysis was we could have done a little bit better. It's kind of shot from the the back of their head or the side because the camera is like panning around them. And I think that this is a really good example of doing something that 
is not normal to do on Mexican television at this scale. So they did it, but they did it very like artfully so that it couldn't ruffle as many feathers. So obviously the lesbians wanted more. The lesbians are always gonna want more. But to the average viewer, it was still very obvious what was happening. I think they pushed the envelope as far as they thought they could while still keeping people invested in the whole show. And, you know, obviously I hate that we have to make trade-offs like that, um, but I think that it's important to note that this show hit the apex perfectly of doing as much as they could for queer representation while still giving it mainstream appeal to put it in front of as many people as humanly possible. Yes, all of that. The kiss doesn't last super long, but when you watch it for the first time, it feels like it lasts forever. And it's such a pretty backdrop. That's also, I mean, yeah, the the blue water with the flowers floating in it and one of them's wearing a white bathing suit and the other's wearing a black bathing suit. And it's all just, it's framed so beautifully. Yeah, it's a very gifable first kiss. It is, it is. And then we get to just afterwards, they're both sitting on chairs next to the pool, looking a little uncomfortable, a little bit like, um, what just happened? Yeah, because they haven't talked to, I mean, to be a fly on the wall of them, like, coming apart from one another. So we see, you know, when the screen goes away from them, they're still kind of kissing. And then we come to them sitting in these chairs next to each other. And it's super awkward. And like, I just want to know how everybody got out of the pool. Have any words been said? But it's, yeah, it's a very awkward moment. Who's does not know what to think. Valentina is pouring herself a shot because this is the first situation I think that's really happened today that, you know, Valentina was able to go into a mode of protecting Jules and supporting Jules, but this is now happening to Valentina as well. And she is now getting overwhelmed. It's not her just keeping space to help Juliana it's this is her problem too like this just happened to both of them and she's not handling it super well no but she doesn't have a very high emotional capacity not for this kind of thing because as much as she's the sort of free spirit and and whatnot she's very used to the conventional way of doing things and conventional expectations and this is kind of blowing her mind and then she comes back and Jules is gone She's such a sad little puppy. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. Also, just to set the scene, they have this like recessed bar that is built into the floor. So she's down there and it's obscured by what looks like a real redwood tree growing in the middle of the room. It's anyway, it's this room is insane. The more I think about it, the crazier it is. Um because, yeah, the, I always notice the tree because then she comes back and she sees that Hools has left. And she leans her head against the tree and then turns around and kind of just leans her back against it and just does not know what to do with it. I, I feel like I should have a better vocab word as a writer to describe that feeling or the way the look on her face. But she just looks so sad and I just feel for her. The moment she needs to take a break for an emotional like breather and just to kind of collect herself, Jules runs off. She's been spending the whole day trying to just keep Jules with her and now Jules has disappeared. Now we cut to Juliana outside and she's with... Lucia. That's right. She's already survived her kidnapping. And this scene for me was hilarious because she says to Jules, Oh, are you Valentina's friend? And Jules very purposefully is like, um, yes, I'm her friend. And you can see it's a little awkward, that whole conversation, because now what is she? What is actually going on between them? Right. And she doesn't know. And then, so again, this is one of those moments that Hakobo is in the car. And the reason that it's so important that Lucia offered her a ride home is because she would have to get in the car with Hakobo and it would all unravel. So every time they set up these moments, it's for the dramatic tension of will they end up in each other's sphere. And for the longest time, it ends up not, but it really ratchets it up for the viewer 
wondering if that will happen. Absolutely. Because the minute she sees him, she'll be like, you're my father. What are you doing here? Right. And he knows too. Like he could pretend he doesn't know who she is, but he knows. Yes. Because he met her when he came back to life. Yes. Okay. So now we're back with Val. She's fallen asleep on one of the lounges by the pool. It's quite a close-up shot of her falling asleep and this hand comes into shots. And I think that this is Lucha. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he wakes up and he's got this giant bunch of flowers. He's so sorry they had a fight. But I think for like the briefest moment, she thinks it's Juliana. And then she gets twice as sad when she realizes it's Lucho. And she literally puts her hand up on her forehead. And, you know, it's one of those moments that like if you can hear her internal thought, it's her saying like, Lord, give me the strength. <laughs> And she's still holding a shot glass, so heaven only knows how many shots she's actually done. And I don't even think she's said a word to him yet. He's been talking for like 40 seconds straight. The whole time we've been talking, he's been talking. So he's talking about how she can have whatever friends she wants, and he's not, he doesn't want to police her, and he's sorry, and he's actually been kind of sweet about it. He's saying, I know I'm an idiot, but this is what... He is being sweet in the moment, but this is what, like, abusive partners do. They do really... Because this is in response to the way he treated Juliana at school, which was completely inappropriate. So, yes, he's making up for it, but it's too little too late, bud. Also true. So she ends up with this giant bunch of flowers and he leaves and she looks very unimpressed with everything. And I don't know if she said much of anything to him during that whole speech. Now we cut to Lupe, who's furiously trying to stop a car because I think she's just escaped. Has gotten away from her captors. And now she's running away from them. They come up behind her and they shoot her. This is intense. It's very intense. So she falls to the ground, the dude gets out of the car, comes to check on her, decides, okay, he's done a good enough job with shooting her, and then the, the cops come just as he's about to put another bullet in her head, and they speed off. Yeah. So she is very messed up, but there's still hope that, you know, she will survive. I think this is a good place to stop. I think that was good. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam. If you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McKellen and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamckellen.com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.